reliance upon Jesus. The author and finisher of your faith. Look not to the left or to the right. Turn your eyes upon him. Fix your eyes on the unseen. Hallelujah. Turn your eyes upon your loving Lord. Maybe we could sing that. Is that okay, Emma? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. We can all sing it together, a cappella. In the light of his 
Thank you, Lord, that the things of this world grow strangely dim, wonderfully dim, powerfully dim, majestically dim in the, uh, in the light of your glory and grace. Oh, but we don't even see the things of this world, Lord. Oh, Lord, but they are a dim vision unto us as we walk in the glory of the Lord, the very glory that Jesus came, that you put in him, that he gave to us, Lord God, that we walk in the realms of heaven, that we walk in the realms of heaven to sing your praises, to glorify you, to honor you, to bless you. Oh, that the things of this earth that we can't even see them, Lord God. That we dwell in your presence. Our hearts cry to dwell in your presence. Oh, as the deer pants after the water, Lord, so my soul pants after you. So my soul pants after you. And as David said, Oh, when can I go into the house of the Lord? Beloved, you are in the house of the Lord. Believing on the Lord Jesus Christ has given you residence in my house. So look not upon the things of the world. They're inconsequential. They mean nothing. They mean absolutely nothing. I am the one I am your bread. I am your life. I am your sustenance. I am your heart. I am your vision. I am for you like you cannot even imagine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of revelation and truth. Thank you, Lord, that the testimony of Jesus is the testimony of prophecy and that you have revealed your heart and your will to us in your word. Give us the strength, give us the desire to walk in your word and your word only. We love your presence. We seek your presence. It's time to enjoy his presence. It's not a striving. It's not a striving. It is time to enjoy. It's time to enjoy the presence of your Lord and King. In Jesus' mighty name. In the light of his 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We are your vessels, Lord. We've come to honor and serve you. We are here to honor and to serve you. Help us to see your vision perfectly. Help us to see the way you see, hear the way you hear, speak the way you speak. And I speak only the words of the Father. The meditation of our hearts, the words of our lips are ever pleasing unto you, Lord. Lord, you have so much more for us. You have so much more for us than what we see when we're looking with the eyes of the world. I just thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord, as when you said to John, come up higher. That you are drawing us higher that we're seeing more perfectly your vision, your goodness, your abundance, who Jesus is, the fullness, the completeness of everything that you sent your Son 
to reveal to us. Just because you loved us so much and because you have such a great and glorious mission for each one of us, Lord. It is our heart to do your will. It is our heart to please you, Father. Beyond all things, Lord, we want to walk pleasing you in your glory and your presence and your pleasure so that all the world can understand your love for them. Oh, Lord, it is our heart's cry. And I know that you will honor that cry, that you hear the cry, that you know it, Lord. And I know because of the purity of that call unto you, Lord God, that you will bring it to pass and that you will show us every day your higher revelation. Thank you, Lord, that you have opened up the windows of heaven, poured out your glory, that we would be your manifest presence, that we are your manifest presence here, Lord. Truth revealed unto our spirit who you are, Jesus, is purely, lovingly, honestly, with a spirit of revelation revealed unto the world around us. Oh, Lord, they can't even help but be drawn unto you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We desire, we desire to understand and to learn all that your abundance is so that with that abundance we can reach others. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, beloved, we're going to continue on our journey to receive the fullness of God. It is for us to receive. He's not holding anything back. And you know what? If we don't hold back, if we don't hold back, if we don't shrink back, his fullness will be in demonstration completely through each and every one of us in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. So we are moving continually greater revelation into the fullness, the abundance of Christ walking in the open heaven that he is revealing to us by his spirit.
spirit and by his word. We will see with the eyes of faith and we will fix our eyes, fix, set our faces like flint for all the promises of God, for all the fullness that he has intended for us to walk in here on this earth so that we can be true ambassadors of Christ because his, high, his ways are higher than our ways and we need to set our vision in line with his ways not the ways of the earth we need to see with the eyes of faith the spirit realm and all that God has for us so we're going to go to Isaiah 55 verse 8 Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come by and eat. That's the spirit realm. That's the spirit realm. That's where you're meant to dwell. Hallelujah. And I just want to thank the Lord for Holy Spirit worship ministry. I really do. I'm not acclaiming a person. But I so appreciate the Holy Spirit moving in our worship. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? See, we're after the things of the spirit. We're after the spirit realm, the spiritual blessing. You see, that would be anything that's not God's plan or vision for you as a believer. Right? That would be, that's wasteful. That's not what he has for us. He has a realm for us where we buy without money. See that? We receive without money. His revelation for us. Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest affair. Can you understand that promise right there that he's giving you? Can you grab the depth of that in your spirit. You see what he's saying? Listen to me. Listen to him. And you will eat what is good. And your soul will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Hear me. That your soul may live. You see, he's dividing right there between the carnal and the spirit. He's saying, come to me, the reality of who I am, the reality of what I've done, the reality of what I sent Jesus to do, the reality of who Jesus is, the fullness of our Christ, the resurrected life, the ascended life. See that? that your soul may live. See that? 
the carnality fading away and the resurrected spirit of Christ coming forth in us, in every believer. There is so much bigness in the gospel of Christ for you every day here on this earth. You are not meant to walk in the trouble and turmoil of this world. He has an ascended, resurrected life for you. He says, listen to me. See what I see. Basically, fix your eyes on the unseen. Fix your eyes on the unseen. 2 Corinthians 4.18. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is unseen is temporary, I mean, what is seen is temporary, but on what is unseen, you have eternity dwelling in you when you are a believer in Christ. And he wants you to see the truth and the magnificence and the glory and the hugeness of that eternity in you through the spirit of Christ hallelujah his ways are higher and we're meant to come up and experience the glory of the Lord we need to see from all the fullness that Christ died and ascended to give for us he's already won it for us hallelujah verse 3 of Isaiah 55. I don't know. I don't know if it's verse 3. It's somewhere. (laughs) I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love. He has a covenant of love with us. You are not in the dispensation of wrath. You are under the covenant of love. Promise to David. I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples. Surely. Now you listen to the richness of God's vision in these next couple verses. Listen to him and what he is saying. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations that do not know you will hasten to you because of the Lord your God. You see, you will have influence. You will have influence. Your anointing will go before you. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the anointed one. And when he dwells in you, so his anointing dwells in you, and that will go before you. Thank you, Jehovah Nisi. It goes before you. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of every one of the names of God. 
So you just look at those names and start to understand what you have dwelling within you. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. His glory, the fullness of who he is, the favor of God is round about you. Psalm 512. What is the splendor? It is his very image recreated in you. His very image. His very image recreated in you when you're born again. The fullness of Christ. I'm not going to let this go. The fullness of Christ manifesting in and through you. The greater works through you. Because he sent the Holy Spirit. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Now I want to talk to you a little bit about something right there. When it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Okay, don't just put that out of your mind and say, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me because I'm a born-again believer. Here's the deal. A wicked thought is any thought that's against the word. Okay, that doesn't mean you're wicked. But those thoughts that don't line up with the word, we need to get them out of our consciousness. See, we renew our mind with the word. And we cast down every thought, every evil imagination, but I'm going to put it in plainer language, every thought that would exalt itself against the word. So when we read these words, we need to think about that. He is calling us to forsake carnal thoughts, carnal ways, right? We need to embrace him in every thought. We need to embrace him in the spirit, in the spirit of truth, because in John it tells us that he is the spirit of truth. That's what we have. And let me just say this. It is absolutely, entirely possible that at every moment of every day, you can choose to embrace his thoughts rather than a carnal thought. And when we do that, we walk in the perfect will of God. Please don't be condemned over that. Be encouraged. See, because these thoughts, the carnal thoughts, they're lower than his thoughts. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he has called us to embrace his abundance 
and to embrace the majesty of who Christ is. So any thought, any thought that does not embrace all the possibility that we see in Christ is a carnal thought. And we want to get rid of it. We're going to say, nope, no, no secondhand living for me. I'm not doing it. I'm not embracing it. I will embrace the fullness of Christ. You know, when God is faithful and true, he will reveal to you the truth of the word. So, let him, that's the carnal person, turn to the Lord. And this is what the Lord does. It says, he will have mercy on him and to our God, in other words, turn to your God, for he will freely pardon. So see, you don't live in the condemnation of, oh, I made another mistake. That's not, see, that's a devil thought. That's like a, that's a carnal thought. Okay? We live in the awareness of, you know what, I'm not perfect, but my God is. And he's bringing me up higher. And he pardons me when I turn to him. He's ever loving, ever kind, ever merciful. His loving kindness never ends. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Yeah, thank you, Lord, that's right. Neither are your ways my ways. There again, he's talking about the carnality. See, he renews us by his spirit, and then we receive his thoughts, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And guess what, my beloved child? I have all my thoughts for you. I have all my ways for you. So just come on up. Just come on up. Just come on up. Right? Don't look at this as something that's difficult. There is nothing easier than listening to the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is faithful. He is the Spirit of truth, and he reveals the thoughts and intents of God to us. The Spirit of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy, and we have the Spirit of Jesus. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven. Now, y'all listen to this. These are faithful words for you. As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud. His total intent is that you will bud and flourish by the seed of the word planted in your spirit. And not return to it. Oh, wait, where was I? As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. Jesus is the bread of life, right? He's your bread. 
He's your bread. Every seed of the word is an inheritance for the believer. Does that make sense? So is my word that goes out from my mouth, it will not return to me empty or void. But it will accomplish what I desire and it will achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Do you see what he's given you? He has given you an impenetrable fortress in this. He has given you his absolute promise, unbreakable. He doesn't change. All we need to do is believe. Who is Jesus? Jesus is the fulfillment of his word. Jesus was the word. Come to life. And you have Jesus. If you're a born-again believer, if you believe that Jesus Christ, and if you don't, just say that right now. Just say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was resurrected for my salvation. Forgive me of anything that I have done that displeases you, Lord. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads me and guides me. Thank you that you have good things for me. You see, at that moment, every single bit of this word belongs to you. It is alive. He is faithful and true. He's not going to back off of this. And when you stand on it with eyes of faith, faith, what is faith? It's believing that Jesus is this. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. In the spirit, it's already the reality. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. That's all of his purpose. That's not a little bitty teeny part of his purpose. It is all the fullness of the seed. What's in the seed? The word is the seed. What's in the seed? All of it. All of life. Every little bit. All of it. Jesus cannot fail because he is this word right here backed by all the authority and power of God. So what happens to those who think God's thought? What happens to those who follow his ways? Look at this next verse. This is amazing. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. 
I am convinced that he put this here to get you out of your carnal thinking. Because I'll guarantee that every single one of you in this room, when I said that, the mountains and hills will burst into song and all the trees of the field will clap their hands that every single one of you in here had that thought that that can't be done. Mountains don't sing, trees don't clap. Well, you know what? You need to get your spirit and your mind into the spirit realm. Because if you said mountains can't sing and trees don't clap, then you've got some growing to do. You've got a new vision to see. Right? Mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. You see, all of creation rejoicing. Instead of the thornbush bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. What is the myrtle a symbol of? The myrtle is a symbol of the abundance and God's promised blessings. That's what the myrtle is. This will be for the Lord's renown. See, he needs you to do this. He needs you to believe in the fullness because it is for his renown. Do you hear people that say God doesn't need you? That's a bold-faced lie. He wouldn't have put you here if he didn't need you. He has a purpose for you. For an everlasting sign which will not be destroyed. Hallelujah. So, when we say we're going to see with the eyes of faith, we want to look at faith. See, we're all given the measure of faith. We're all given that. Romans 12, 13. We want to see all that Jesus is. So what is faith? It is faith in Jesus. Not faith in your faith. Not faith that you're strong. It is faith in the one and only Jesus. It is faith in all his that he is the word, he is the word, we've established that, right? We understand that, right? So it is faith in Jesus. Jesus is the word, the completeness, the fullness, the total possibility of the word. The same faith, if you're a believer in Christ, this very same faith in you for salvation is the same faith for all the provision of God. So you've already got it. All things are possible for him who believes. Who believes in Jesus and all that Jesus is. His fullness, his completeness, transferred to you 
when you're born again. Now you're going to grow up, aren't you? You're going to come to further revelation of what that really is. You're going to study the word. You're going to stay in the presence of Jesus. You're going to seek his face. Because that's how the spirit of revelation comes and grows. Hearing by the word of God. Right? Not by carnal thinking, not by, okay, well, I don't want to talk about all that, but not by other means. No other means. This is the means. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. You walk with the indwelling spirit of God. Okay. So we're going to look at this really pivotal point in history today. Oh my. I hope you all don't mind if I'm going a little slowly today. <laughs> we'll just settle in. <laughs> Sorry, but anyway, we're going to look at the transfiguration of Jesus and what happened just after that. Mark 9, verse 2. I'm reading from the NIV 1984. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. You got to get alone with Jesus sometimes, guys, okay? There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before him Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what to say. They were so frightened. Then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. really simple. Very, very simple. Recognize the Christ. Listen to him. Were Moses and Elijah important? Of course they were. They symbolized the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Okay? But we now have Jesus. Who's the fulfillment of it all and who gives us the command of love. This is my son. In other words, this is my covenant. This is my word. This is my promise. This is your inheritance. This is the one. Listen to him and him only. Suddenly, when they looked around, 
they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. Oh, but that is where we always want to be. See? We put our eyes on Jesus, and everything else falls away. Fix your eyes on him. He's the author and finisher of your faith. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. We're going to drop down to verse 14. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law, law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder. Hallelujah. And ran to greet him. When we get to the revelation of who Jesus is, his wonder invades our lives. You get that? When we get to the revelation of who Jesus really is, his wonder invades your life. It is the light shining in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. End of discussion. Point blank, period. Black and white. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. Like he didn't know. <laughs> so funny. I always think that's such a funny statement. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Do you see? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But we cannot be robbed when we keep our eyes on Jesus when we see with the eyes of faith in Christ. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. You un this is Jesus speaking. You unbelieving generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring me the boy. Bring the boy to me. Do you see what he's really saying here? He's saying, come to the revelation of who I am. Come to the, I'm in your presence. Come to the revelation of what I have come to bring you. Come to the understanding of who I am. Everything about me, everything, well, they would have seen it. But see, now we have the word, right? Everything about me, bring the boy to me. Bring your problem to Jesus. Bring the difficulty to Jesus. Just bring it to him. It cannot survive in the light of his glory. Cannot but you got to bring it to him. 
You got to get rid of the carnal thoughts. You got to get rid of the fact that, well, my, my aunt did it this way, my uncle did it this way, my brother says to do it this way, my so-and-so tells me to do this. Do your own work. Get yourself in the Word. Seek wise counsel. Seek the spirit of truth. Get the revelation that he is the great I am, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. There's nothing impossible to him. So he's saying, believe in me, believe in who I am, believe in, in all the fullness of what I brought. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell on the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. You know, evil spirits recognize Jesus in you. Your anointing goes before you. The anointing of the Holy One in you, the Spirit of Christ, revelation life, resurrection life, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the anointing, the anointed one, goes before you. Evil spirits recognize it, people will recognize it. The favor of God is upon you, Psalm 512. When you walk in the fullness of resurrection power that indwelt you when you believed on Christ, it is unmistakable. All the power, all the authority, you might as well believe it, all the power, all the authority of the resurrection dwells in you. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered, it has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. The devil wants to kill everything about you. He wants to kill your spirit. But if you can do anything, take pity. See, he's, he's appealing to Jesus' compassion. The compassion of God never ends. His loving kindness if you can, this is Jesus, oh wait, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. So then Jesus responds, this is a rhetorical question, if you can, said Jesus. In other words, what are you saying? What are you talking about? What do you mean if I can? It's not about if I can. It's about what are you going to believe? It's are you going to see who I am? That's all it comes down to. Are you going to see who I am? Are you going to receive the love that I brought to you? Are you going to believe it? Are you going to believe in the goodness of my heart? Are you going to believe in the goodness that I have for you? Are you going to believe that my name is above every other name? for us as believers, right? Everything is possible for one who believes. What's everything? Well, that would be everything. That would be all the goodness and fullness of Christ. Do we all know what the word everything means? And it doesn't mean the bad stuff. Because there is no darkness in Jesus. There's no darkness in God. So do you think God brings darkness? No, absolutely not. He can't exist in darkness. 
It's impossible for him. He overcomes the darkness. So when it says everything, don't get your carnal brain on right there. Keep the spirit realm. Come on. We're walking in the spirit. Right? Everything. All the goodness of God. All the abundance of God. All the promises of God. Is possible for one who believes. All the resurrection authority. All the resurrection power. Immediately. Whoop, light went on. Light went on. Right here. Light went on. Immediately. The boy's father exclaimed. You see how faithful Jesus is? In a second. Revelation comes. And your life will never be the same. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. Hallelujah. And Jesus does just that. Immediately, the moment he believed the word of Jesus, what Jesus told him, believing that Jesus would do what he said, that Jesus is who he is, his power, his authority, his word. When, the Jesus, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure, impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. Simple. You got something in your life that needs handling? I command you. In the name of Jesus, come out. Be gone. You're done. You need healing? You need provision? Verse 25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, oh, I did that already, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this is Jesus, this kind can come out only by prayer and the King James as fasting. So why? Why is that? What do prayer and fasting accomplish? Unity with the Spirit. Unity with God. You invite the presence of God. You get rid of the carnal. Have you ever tried to fast? Does your carnal body want to keep eating? Do you have to push it down? Then when you get past that, do you feel like, okay, that was the wrong word, wrong choice, bad word. Do you know and sense the presence of your Father? You see, there's a purpose for prayer and fasting. It accomplishes communion with God, revelation, understanding, revelation word, of the spirit of truth, Holy Spirit presence. You see, they're, they're not like magic wands. 
right? They open the door to the Spirit of the Lord in your life. Completely consistent with the way that he wants us to live. They allow us to see who God is, to set aside our carnal, worldly thinking, and to embrace the vision of God, the fullness of God, the truth of God, the wholeness of God, his abundance, his wisdom. So, faith, it's born out of our spirits, not our minds. You know, everyone says, well, faith is not logical. Honestly, it's the most logical thing you'll ever do in your life is to employ faith. Really is. Not logic in carnal terms, but it is the most beneficial thing that you will ever do. It will reap the most rewards. Okay. Our mind comes into agreement with the word of God. We renew our minds to the word like we were talking about earlier. The word is Christ. He is the word become flesh. So we renew our minds to Christ and all that he is. It's like when we take communion. Every time we take communion, what do we say? We do it in remembrance of him. What are we remembering? We're remembering everything that he died and arose from the dead to give us. We're believing it. Romans 12, 2. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. There is a perfect will, and you know what? You are called to walk in it. You are meant to walk in it. So faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing what? Yes. That's Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We must meditate Christ. Meditate Christ. Meditate Christ. And then we stand. We persevere when the trials come. How do we persevere? We are single-minded. We look not to the left or to the right. We keep our eyes on Jesus. Single-minded. James 1, 2 through 8. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. Remember Psalm 34, 9 and 10? It says that the righteous shall lack no good thing. Not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Okay. Are you all right if I like kind of read a lengthy thing right here? 
you. Because I was probably going to read it anyway, but I really do appreciate that. <laughs> but don't you want to know what wisdom does for you? Wouldn't you really like to know that? Because see, we, say, we, we look at this and we go, oh, we're going to get wisdom. Well, don't you think you ought to know so that you can stand for it? Okay. Look what the Lord has done for me. He put these here where I could find them. Somebody did that for me. That's really sweet. Thank you very much. I don't know who it was, but I guess he knew I was going to need them. Psalm 8. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens from the lips of children. Wait, I'm in Psalms. Yeah. I meant Proverbs. I thought I was in Proverbs. Sorry, guys. Let me go to Proverbs. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights along the way, where the paths meet, she, that means wisdom, takes her stand. Before the gates leading into the city, to the entrances, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call out. This is wisdom. This is wisdom talking to you. I raise my voice to all mankind. He's not leaving anyone out there. This is what you're going to receive. You think about this. This is, what, this is what James tells you, that if you are single-minded, you are going to receive all of this. What verse was I on? Thank you. To you, O men, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, gain understanding. Don't be afraid to call yourself foolish sometimes. You don't know it all. Thank the Lord we have someone who does, but he knows. Listen, for I have worthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. Don't you want what is right in your life? according to the word of God. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. He will never lead you in the ways of the wicked, in wicked counsel. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. To the discerning, all of them are right. See that? If you have a teachable heart. If you have a teachable heart, to the discerning, Every word in here is right. You're not going to argue with it. They are faultless to those who have knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I wisdom dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion to fear the Lord is to hate evil. <clears throat> I hate pride and arrogance, <clears throat> evil behavior and perverse speech. Listen to this. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. You will receive that every single time. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have understanding and Power. By me, kings reign. 
Rulers make laws that are just. By me, princes govern. Are you a prince and a king in the family of God? And all nobles who rule on earth, I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. That's a promise. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing wealth on those who love me. Who in here wants to love the wisdom of God? And making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was appointed from eternity. From the beginning, before the world began, when there were no oceans, I was given birth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. The wisdom of God. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world, I was there when he set the heavens in place. Excuse me, if that's what he used to set the heavens in place, I want it in my life. And here's the deal, I have it. Because I have the spirit of truth dwelling in me. And James tells me that if I ask for wisdom, I receive it. I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above the fixed and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his command. The waters will not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was the craftsman at his side. I want that craftsman in my life. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Hallelujah. Rejoicing in his whole world. Beloved, do you see what you get when you call out for wisdom? And he says he gives it to us and upbraideth us not. We ask and he gives it to us. Look what it's saying there. It's saying rejoicing in his whole world. Well, if that's what wisdom does, then you can have that in your life. The whole world of our Father. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And delighting in mankind. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. 
That's pretty simple. Do you see the richness of what he has when we call upon him? So it says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. All this given to you, all of it. But when he asks, he must believe. Believe what? Believe what? Believe on Jesus, the fullness of Jesus, all who Jesus is. And not doubt, because he who doubts is like the wave, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all he does. Well, I'm not going to be unstable. <laughs> because regardless of what my brain tells me, in, in any spot in my life where it perhaps might be unrenewed, I'm going to bring it in line with the word, and I'm going to say, you know what, Lord? That sounds really funny. It sounds really funny to me that you tell me that the mountains are going to sing and the trees are going to clap, but you know what? You said it, and I'm going to believe it. Because I don't really care. Because I know anytime my thought is not in line with your thought, my thought is wrong. Even if the whole world tells me I'm a fool for believing that. So, we become single-minded, not double-minded. We fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on the unseen. We fix our eyes on the spirit world. We fix our eyes on the ways of Jesus. We set our faces like flint. I shall not be moved. I am not going to look that way. I'm not going to look that way. I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to look at Jesus. I'm going to claim the prize because I'm going to be single-minded. I'm going to grow into maturity. I'm going to keep the vision of God. I'm going to have the higher thoughts and the higher ways of God. I am going to come up because he tells me to come up. That's what a single-minded person does. I am going to stand in the face of any opposition. You will not convince me of anything contrary to the word. I will be single-minded. I will see the glory of God. I will see his kingdom come in my life personally and in the lives of my beloved. So having done all, we stand. Ephesians 6, 13. Sorry for yelling at y'all. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground that is the steadfast rock of Jesus Christ. And after you have done everything to stand, you're not going to be blown off course. Shifting winds will not knock you over. We will set our faces like flint. Okay, can I give you one more little example? Okay, we're going to talk about Caleb. Is that all right? <laughs> you see, Caleb, he was able to take what was promised to him long ago 
And no matter what they went through, he stood for the promise. He saw because of the word of the Lord spoken through Moses. He took it, he believed it, he received it. We're going to go to the end part, and then we're going to go back to the beginning part. Joshua 14. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me. You know what he said. You know what he said. I know what he said. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. Not the convictions of the world. Not the report of the world. Not the naysayers of the world. I brought a report according to my convictions. I know who my God is. I know whom I serve. I know he is faithful. I know his word is true. I brought a report according to my convictions. What did he see? He saw a land flowing with milk and honey. He didn't think he was a grasshopper. Other people can think they're grasshoppers. I'm not going to think I'm a grasshopper. I'm not going to do it. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. What do you want your inheritance to be? It really is up to you and what you are going to choose to believe out of the word. What do you want your inheritance to be for you and your children? Get it in your vision. See it with faith. Persevere. Stand. Don't let anybody steal it from you. And it doesn't matter how wrong it may seem to have gone thus far. My God is faithful. His vision is true. His promises never fail. Because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. You have been single-minded, you have been unwavering, you have known who your God is. I'm adding all that. Now, verse 10. Just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years. What have you believed for 45 years? Well, if it's wrong believing, get it changed. If it's been standing for a promise of God, keep standing. 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. See, he didn't adopt that wilderness, did he? He didn't let it sink into his spirit, did he? 
So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Are you just as vigorous to go out to battle now as you were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago? Are you? Yes, I am. Woo. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He renews our strength like the eagle. Isaiah 40. Thank you. See, nobody's going to keep this from me. And if I have anything to say about it, nobody's going to keep it from you. But here's the real deal. You have a lot more to say about it. (laughs) You see, Caleb, he kept the vision. He didn't say, oh, my body's getting old. Oh, it's been a long time. He didn't say that. He said, I am just as strong. I am just as vigorous. The promise of God is just as true. Hallelujah. He did not shrink back because there is no pleasure of the Lord in those who shrink back. He persevered. Now, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Just as he said. It does not matter what it looks like. I will stand on the word. I will stand on the promise. I will stand on the faithfulness of my God. Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. You see, it was done a long time ago. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, ever since. Because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly, single-mindedly. Face set like flint, eyes of faith. He believed the word of the Lord given to Moses. He saw the good. He didn't see the fact that everyone else thought that they were grasshoppers. He didn't see that. He saw himself in the eyes and the thoughts of God. He saw himself in the image that God had him to be. He saw himself with the higher thoughts of the Father. Higher thoughts. Numbers 13. 30. We're going to go back to the beginning. Then Caleb silenced the people. See what happened from the very start. From the very start, he silenced the doubt when it came at him. 
Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land.